You see what happens when you hand your bullpen more than a one-run lead? Things tend to work out okay. Uh, I think here we're just really glad to be able to talk about a game where the Guardians uh, made some mistakes and didn't play their best and still ended up getting a win. I think that's going to make everyone's blood pressure drop a little bit and don't have to run and find the antacids tonight. So uh, enjoy this episode of Lockdown Guardians like we will. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Over there is Justin. I am Jeff. I did almost say that in reverse, if you're curious why I paused there. Uh, it has been that type of, type of week, but today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You'll love Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown. When you enter the code lockdown, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler, as you can see on the screen right now. My question for you, Justin, was this the sloppiest game of the year? Was this the ugliest game of the year? Is no. the one that was sloppier than this? It felt no. like one of the sloppiest recent games. No, there's been worse. There's been worse. They've I mean, come on. They have defensive they have found errors. Ways to lose. That's I mean, not. they found ways to lose, but like this one was just one where it was just like so many bad defensive plays. Well, if you want to combine, Boston yeah, both sides. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. both both sides just had some weird innings there. I mean, back to back innings where the defense just wasn't there and. Very just, you know, mental mistakes. I don't know. It was ugly, but you know As what? As we've said, was... this is not a fundamentally sound team. They won today, but they showed why they are not a fundamentally sound team in this one. Five combined errors. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I would and say. like Josh Naylor's throw into second base that was just a boneheaded throw. And that that should have been an I mean, it's not an error and it didn't lead it's to a And that's run. why errors are dumb. Because like it's a net negative. Yes, nothing negative happened from it. But if you make a play like that, it's going to lead to negative outcomes. You're not getting that guy out at second. There's you you just hold on to that ball. So it 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 should be in something, but it's not. Yeah, but it would have been his second error of the night. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, good for the the one thing the Guardians did do well fundamentally was I guess run the base as well. Even though I know Jimenez got thrown out stealing, but uh, and he had a a pretty bad night. He had a he had a night to forget. (laughs) That's that's our first and last mention of Andres Jimenez in this show. Yeah, two strikeouts, an error. And a, a double play. That's that's Hot about feeling. it's about as bad as it gets. But did hey, he also I, have a double. He also had the double play too, didn't he? Did he hit in that um, double play? Did he hit in the double play? Uh, yeah. He did. Yeah, they, him yeah. and Bell both in double plays tonight. So, yeah, he had so, a double play. Two K. He's gonna want to sleep that one off. A bad defensive play too, right? So, but that's all the negative. Well, that's not all the negative. We're gonna get to. Yeah, that. I mean, like, yeah, but they won. Like it, it wasn't pretty, but they took care of business. They were taking no. care of business and working overtime. <laughs> And you know, I the, you don't have to worry about the Josh Naylor thing as much. Like I, he is a better defender than the plays he made tonight. Usually, like he's not awful. He's made better. What is his? Uh, know, he just, just he's pretty bad. His, yeah, he's no, pretty his, bad. His, his that's above average or not? Is ninety four percentile? So he can play first day. base. The run, you de- the run or the the throw he made to second base definitely pretty bad. But offensively, he gave you back more than he took away tonight with that air because another run did score. But look, he had a fantastic night to play. He hit, had three hits. I know the last one was a little soft blooper, but that double, he I know the double he hit the left field um, only had a, like a 250 expected batting average or something like that. It wasn't great. Maybe Yoshida should have made that catch. But uh, he hit that ball pretty hard for it being a curveball that he was kind of out in front on. He, he muscled it out there. That was pretty good to see. And overall had, like I said, three hits and two were were pretty good. The first one he hit was, a, I think, 
smoked pretty hard down there. Yeah, it was that single 101 down the right field line that drove in a run early on. So that was good. Josh Naylor, though, since May 1st, Jeff, do you want to take a, a guess at some of these numbers, like who he's around offensively since May 1st? Uh, well, I mean, it's like from the thing I pulled up yesterday, he was second best on the team. He's been hitting well. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to put him on the Aaron Judge level of it, but uh, well, this is just this is just first baseman since May first. Oh, uh, Matt Olson. Let's go with the guy that uh, Matt Olson has been has been good since May first, but not as good as Josh Naylor. You want to guess any more? Nolan Jones. I'm kidding. Oh, um, uh, four hundred eight foot home run that I've still running. Tristan Cassis. He's he's having a great year at first base for Boston. Uh, actually, he's uh, Tristan Cassis has been pretty good since May first, but no, which is frightening to think because he's still hitting under two hundred. I know he's actually that... been really. Uh, Tristan Cassis has a one twenty WRC plus since May first, but no, Josh Naylor is much better than him actually. So keep going up. Who you got? What other names you want to throw at me? Uh. Well, I know it's it's no one in the central because the fir- first base is kind of a, a waste. Well, there is there is somebody in the central who's been almost as good as Josh, who actually has been better than Josh Naylor over that stretch. Is it Kirilov? Kirilov plays him first. Kirilov has been better than him, and Nick Prado has been better than him. But I forgot, I forgot about Prado. I'm being honest. I just I forgot that he was called up. Yeah, I would have thought yeah. Pascotino is so, even though he's a DH, not a first base. But I forgot since, about Prado. since May first. Josh Naylor has a dot one forty two WRC plus. So. He is ahead of Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonzo, Anthony Rizzo, our guy Christian Walker, uh, Nate Lowe, all those guys in that time. The only guys ahead of him are barely Nick Prado, Lamont Wade Jr. for, you know, that's weird. Spencer Steer, who's not really a first baseman full-time. Ryan Noda, who we do like. Uh, Kirilov, Yandy Diaz, and Freddie Freeman. So a couple, you know, a couple really good players. Lamont Wade is the every other year guy. Like, look at his data. Terrible last year, the year before that. Like, there's just some guys who have that weird thing. There is. And Josh, yeah, so Naylor has been on a tear lately. And since May, yeah, so since May 1st, 16% strikeout rate. He has an OPS almost of 900, uh, 114, 124 W, or 142 WRC plus. I said, and against left handers in that time, Jeff, he has faced 24 left handers since May 1st. He has a 158 WRC plus. Now, that's 24 at that plate appearances. Yeah, We're not going to sit here and say, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's the smallest of sample sizes, but. You want to know what? I don't recall Josh Naylor ever having a stretch that good against lefties in previous years. So I'll take it at the very least. Like that's a that's a nice sign to have. I really feel like Naylor is, is starting to turn a corner. I mean, he is now first on the team in offense at 110 overall. Which isn't very uh, hard to do, let's let's be honest. No, because Jose Ramirez. Hey, Jose Ramirez had a late double there. He had a, that was a really nice piece of hitting by him. Uh hit the ball hard. So that was, you know, always encouraging. Yes, Josh Naylor officially though. Uh, highest OPS in the team at 783, which is both alarming and interesting. But we're we're gonna th- we're gonna count it as good tonight because it was good for the Guardians and Lord knows they needed something good. So good for him. And I don't know. I mean, like I said, Jimenez didn't have a great night. Quan still. I, I'm not gonna be okay. I guess Ahmed Rosario had a good night. I was gonna say Quan still is having a weird, a very weird year. No, it's not. He's not. He's he's sophomore slumping pretty hard. Like he is just. Yeah. There's it's, no other way to like. He is. And of course, Ahmed Rosario doesn't the ball out of the infield twice, and he gets on base twice, which means you know he'll continue to play. Which yeah, no, I mean Quan's walking more, he's striking out more, but his his power is, is was not good. It's down, and then you know you just playing. He's not simply, getting on base as much either. Yeah, well, it's just his batting average is forty points lower. 
Quan doesn't work as a 260 hitter. He's got to be close to that 300 hitter that he was yeah. a year ago. At 260, he's probably more of a, a backup. He's right now, and that's the interesting thing too, is he's had a negative defensive war, and I think he's got negative defensive run saved. He has not been as good in the outfield. I, I, and again, it's a situation where it's okay to have the life outside of baseball, but Quan should have just been quiet about it because people are just going to keep him every time. I'm like, wow, he's really regressed in like three different areas. I mean, I'm not going to... Again, I think a lot of this is just very reactionary. Like if he didn't, if he had a, was having a great year, everyone would say, "Oh, look at him! He's he's taking it easy." And- yeah, but then you 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 don't need to. Baseball is a very hard game. You don't need to give people multiple reasons. And you know, between some of the statements and then that weird video that he let leak out, it just it's not a good look for Quan so far this year. It's more what I'm getting at. I'm not really I'm not reading too hard into either of those things. To I mean, honest. I'm just I'm saying you you in this sport you just don't want to give people reasons. Right, you want to you want to make it as easy as possible. You know who has worked his butt off is Tanner Bybee. He did not have a fantastic night. He got hit hard all night, and somehow they did not have much to show for it. He had a lot of ground balls hit right at guys. Yeah, they had a well, they only had a two sixteen expected batting average as a team. So I don't know. I guess there's that, but no, they had a lot of nine hard hits tonight. Nine. Normally that leads to disaster. Here you go again. We have said in this launch angle, this this spot. Yes, launch angle matters. Masaka. Masataka Yoshida had three of the four hardest hit balls tonight and only one one for a base hit because they were all negative. He had a 107 ground out, a 108 ground out, and the 110 he hit was a, was a base hit, but they were all negative launch angles. So guess what? That stuff matters. Like I know people want to act like, hey, this that doesn't matter. Like it does. I'm sorry. It does. But Bybee was able to escape trouble. And this is one of those starts where I I feel good about continuing to say he is a, is a budding ace because – he didn't have his best stuff. He didn't miss bats. He had fastball command was an issue for him earlier. Fastball control was an issue for him early on. And he got through it. He didn't, you know, no, there was no inning where things blew up. The inning that Josh Naylor um, had that error at first base with a run down and run scored. He came back and got the next out. He didn't melt. Um, did it cost him an inning? I don't know. Maybe they took him out of 90 pitches. Maybe he could have gone to another batter or two, but I think they left him at the right time. Truthfully. Yeah, I, I think they kind of learned the lesson. They're pulling early instead of late why don't we take our break though and then come back and dive into some more of uh, the game experience as well as talking about the a stuff and uh, just the bieber chatter that we heard and as previously mentioned we have bird dogs today uh, i am not wearing my bird dogs we're going out here is what the free tumbler is that you get with uh with yours. I, I like it. I use it very often, as one can see. And you're not getting the tumbler. You're getting the pants. The tumbler is just the bonus. But what's great about these pants? They are a stretch khaki short designed to fit slimmer, the thigh and leg, giving you a sculpted look. Look, they look good. Uh, you know, they, they try to say that it's the the man Lululemon here is what they are saying. It's They do the exact same thing, but fit way better. And they're just, listen, I am not a, a fashion person, but what I can tell you is they feel good. It's a comfortable pant. Uh, it's a comfortable short, and uh, it is a fantastic product. I love my bird dogs. Bird dogs, if you want to send us more, I would greatly appreciate that. Send us more. Uh, go to birddogs.com slash MLB. Enter the promo code lockdown MLB for that free study Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Guardians and Red Sox wrap up the three-game series Thursday night. Search for the Guardians on your SiriusXM app. 
to listen to the hometown call of Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse, Aaron Savali, uh, starting for the Guardians in that game. And for the Red Sox, it is still to be determined. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Corey Cooper was warming up in the ninth inning, by the way. So he was. The eighth inning, so I don't know if I, he's pitching. I was game. wondering if yeah, he could, know. if he's got a chance to be an opener tomorrow. I Just for some comparison, we we're talking about the hard hit stuff very quickly. So the nine hard hits, the rest of the Guardians pitching staff had two, and the Red Sox and total had ten. So it's it's a little bit playing a fire, but you know to go back to the point, it's like right now, I don't know about you, but I think I feel better with Bybee and Allen on the mound than I do Bieber. I would agree. I, I've been saying it. We, we've been saying, and I've been saying it that I feel like Bybee is is going to become this team's ace. And I was really interested to see how he would respond to a game where he didn't have his best stuff. And you know, t- again, like I said, tonight was not his best stuff night, and to be able to get through it on those nights is really important. That's how you can tell a guy can really compete in this league and, and lead a pitching staff is can he go out there and can he throw his, but can he get you five innings? Can he, can he keep you in a, a chance to have a chance to win the game? And he's done that most nights this year since he's come up. And uh, I mean, some nights he's much better than this, obviously, because he's, we've seen him much better than this, but if this is again, what's a, you know, quote unquote, not a great start for Tater by not a great night for him. You will take that every time. And to be fair, Shane Bieber has had these nights as well. He has gone, you know, five or six innings, seven innings, two strikeouts. And there's a lot this of one. Is a Bieber, this is a Shane Bieber outing. It's not like, yeah. I mean, this is 100%. Was. Well, he was this, Shane Bieber tonight. That's the thing. So this is a tip for, for Shane Bieber this year. What Bybee yeah. did tonight is a typical Bieber outing at this point in his career where he's been this year. This is a not the best Tanner Bybee outing, like, in the past, this would have been the same thing for Shane Bieber. We would have said the same thing about Bieber. Like, oh, this is a bad start for Bieber. You will take that. And in 2023, that is a normal start for Bieber or for Bieber for the most part, truthfully, um, as we've said in past shows. And now you're like, well, that's fine. That's that's kind of who he is right now. That's fine. And Bybee has continually pitched the way that we expect more from him. And if again, if this is a bad start for him, that's going to be fine. It wasn't even bad. If this is a you know, an okay start for him. He's going to be just fine. I guess the question is with Bieber, are you going to get more? Cause I think we both feel good about it. you're going to get more from Bybee from than this most nights, but you may not get more than this for Bieber again. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he can't, it's, he can't miss bats. It just, that's what it is. He's, he has struck out more than four batters, which is a miserable amount of strikeouts twice all year. It's this is a guy who tied Randy Johnson for the most starts in a row, striking out eight or more batters. It's one of the most incongruous. Was that twenty twenty? Uh, no, because that went into twenty twenty one as well, I believe. But I mean, he was still over eight last year. Like his drop this year is just unbelievable because twenty twenty wasn't enough starts. It was like twenty starts to get there to tie that record with Randy Johnson. But like it, the. It'd be one thing if he's like a decent strikeout guy or like, but he was one of the best to, to the worst in baseball right now among yeah. starters. This, and by the way, crazy. was this, by the way, was the least amount of strikeouts Bybee has had this year. He had that game against the Tigers where he just wasn't good. He had four walks um, and he had two strikeouts. That was the last game he had that was kind of like this, but this was, you know, so this was Bybee's second quote unquote worst outing of of his career so far he has not allowed more than four runs in any start by the way that that game against the tigers he allowed four runs uh other than that it has been uh three runs two runs or one run i mean and then like i don't want to shortcut uh logan allen on it who's been every bit as brilliant too like, mm-hmm. they've both been brilliant and you know it's just 
you can debate, you know, and then the cop out in all of this might be, it could be McKenzie. If he comes back, you know, when McKenzie's peaks, we have seen the peaks of McKenzie are as good as anyone on this team. And he's gotten better in his consistency. It's just getting out there, but uh, like he might end up being the one, but it's a, it feels good right now, like relative to all things. When you're like, okay, so Shane Bieber is not as good as he used to be. He's probably this team's fourth best starter right now. And what you have those F, you have the the F war data for those who don't know. War takes everything, boils it down, and says you're what you're worth. And an average major leaguer is worth two wins by the end of the year. A replacement, basically a guy who's as good as a zero. quad A type, is a zero. Six is like an all star. Eight is an MVP. When you're hitting even, double digits, well, you're you're Otani and Trout. Yeah, even four and above is, is a border, borderline all-star, depending yeah. on your position. So if you can get to four or four and a half, you are like on that all-star edge. So yeah, Shane Bieber this year, 1.1 F4 through 13 starts. Tanner Bybee now at seven starts is at one, and Logan Allen through eight starts is at 1.1. So those guys have been every bit as good as, as Shane Bieber. And Tristan McKenzie, I mean, one start, ha- almost half a win, 0.4. Yeah. In one start, that's how good he was in his one start. So if he pitches like that once or tw- two more times, he may lap Bieber in two starts. Depends on how Bieber pitches the next couple starts too. But um, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I hate to sit again, like you, you were saying this last night off the air. I don't think you said it when we were recording, but you said it is really silly for this team to be talking about the playoffs right now because of how they're playing and the record they have. But the, the twins did lose and they're two really? and a half out. The did division the twins- they played they're not one of the teams that were no they played tonight okay. they lost they lost to two to one to houston to tampa bay tampa bay had a walk-off okay. uh walk-off uh and, yeah randy rosarina had a walk-off home run against the twins so they're back to two and a half out so i know it's ridiculous i'm talking about the playoffs right now but like the twins are in danger of falling below 500 they're 31 and 31 they're exactly 500 this division much, is awful as much as we hate it they're gonna they're gonna hang around all year because this division is not going anywhere. And I hate sitting here saying like, "Oh, let's talk playoff rotation on June seventh when this team's not even five hundred. But There's... no, you're right. Tristan McKenzie as your day one, your number one starter right now feels you know pretty good. Yeah. Um, why don't we Christian take McKenzie a... and not good for people. yeah? Why don't we take an early break here at this point in the show? Come back because I think the Shane Bieber chatter is gonna go deep. And we also have two minor leaguers we got to talk about, at least from passing near the end of the show, some uh, some not so good news. But I think let's take an early break right here. Guardians and Red Sox 710, Sirius XM, Aaron Savali, Shane. I almost said Shane Beaver. Shane Beaver is not pitching for the Red Sox, not yet anyway. Maybe maybe it's Corey Kluber. I don't know. We don't know. Aaron Savali is going for the Guardian. The Guardian 710. Search for the Guardians on your XM app. Uh, I just want to throw one other thing out there. If anyone's like, hey, you're deleting more comments. If you swear in your comments, it's getting deleted. I'm just going to, just in case you've missed that, any swears. Um, and your tweets. If you, okay, if you replied our tweets and you call people morons and tools, uh, regarding oh, who did that happen to do today? Oh, oh, that's right, me. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to call. Okay, if you disagree with our baseball opinions, that's fine. It's baseball. We don't care. I don't care. I, I, I don't know anything about baseball. I don't even know half of what most people know. Uh, I am just an idiot talking on the microphone, but I could call myself an idiot. But if you call me an idiot for my baseball opinions, you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get yelled at because it's a baseball opinion. Okay, we don't need to take it that seriously. Uh, and not, then, not if you stuff, if you, I, and I have to. I've, 
post about this before. If you're going to sit there and get into the name change stuff still or or all of that, then it, it's also deleted. Like we're just done with that. It's been over a year. I'm it's not. It's June of 2023. Sorry, it's I'm not wading into it. So I just want to kind of remind people of those two things. Sorry if that's too woke between not swearing and like we got to move on. But um, I just want to address sorry. that. But um, okay. So if you listen to the show, we've talked about Shane Bieber just a little bit. And today was fascinating because Zach Meisel is great. And he wrote a piece about uh, why the Guardians will probably look to trade using past history, um, Shane Bieber, and like what it could be. And Ken Rosenthal then almost, I think they wrote separate articles and then happened to find out they're working on it. But Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece that's almost a refuting to a small degree. Like the wasn't idea really that, I wasn't really refuting. I mean, he's saying a trade's there, but like the fact is the Cleveland is not going to get as much value as they got for, for any of their previous pitcher trades. That's just the truth of it right now. And what we've talked about on this very show multiple times is he is not a top playoff guy. He is not a guy teams are going to go out of their way to pay for right now. Like if you don't miss bats, your value in the postseason is extremely limited. Yeah, it really is. I mean, missing bats in the playoffs is the name of the game and any ball into play, you know, puts pressure on the team. And he's home run prone too. There is that. It's just, you don't know the argument for, for, Bieber's value is if you get him, you're getting him this year for a playoff run in for next year to be part of your staff. But the quote came in Ken Rosenthal's article from an anonymous executive, which I know some people took issue with, but it said that, it's you know, the same you're not, thing we've said on this show, right? You're not, you're not getting an impact guy, but let, let's also remember this too. When, when an, a GM or an executive gets anonymity to speak with a reporter like that for an opinion, let's not also act like he doesn't have his own agenda here. Okay. Remember, th- this stuff only gets leaked for one reason, right? It's to benefit somebody. This, these, this is what we said in the offseason. This is true of trade rumors, okay? It can be both true that Bieber is struggling to miss bats right now, and he is not the pitcher he was last year at this point, and his value isn't the same as it was a year ago. And forget the fact that you know he's got one last year control from last year, but let's not also act like that quote doesn't get out there to benefit somebody it benefits to drive his trade value down it doesn't say there's also there is the op chance just having spent time around a few people who work in front offices they like to talk crap they like to talk down about guys so it might it might not even be nefarious it might just literally be like it still suppresses value when you do stuff like that but sometimes to a degree i mean everyone knows who he is everyone knows what he is i don't know if like anonymous gm hurts trade value as much as it's like listen this guy isn't good like he is not special right now you go look at his savant page and you'd be like oh that like i mean he is dark blue and everything he is getting hit hard and he is not missing any bath what's good he doesn't walk a lot of guys his extension is good his but, okay also like, when you're looking okay from a scouting perspective too because there's two sides to this you could say Okay, if the Guardians can't quote unquote fix Shane Bieber, and I don't want to be careful about how he's fixed because it's not like he's a bad pitcher. He's just not, he's a good pitcher. He's just not the he ace. Was he was one of the 10 best, he went from one of the yes. 10 best pitchers in baseball to being a good two to three. He might be more a three than a two right now. Right. So the one side of this probably says if the Guardians can't quote unquote fix him and turn him back nobody to what he can. was, nobody can. Right. But from another side of that is, hey, if we, if this guy's value continues to be at a point where we can get him for less than we normally would have, do we see some things that we could help him with? Is there something you can look at from a scouting and development standpoint where, Hey, 
we see this when we watch film of Bieber. We see him doing this. We could. This is the da- what the data says. He, this is what we think we could fix. So if you continue to keep his value where it is, a team thinks that they can get him for less, and they feel like they can fix him. Because look, teams do it all the time. Teams will look at guys and say, "Hey, our, we believe in our player development staff. We believe in our coaching staff. We can fix." Look, look what the the Yankees do. Like, you know, Jake Bowers is hitting dingers. I know he's not, you know, great, but I mean. They help Gio Urshela. Other look at the Rays have done with Yandy Diaz and Harold Ramirez. Like, but it's often are, more those guys. It's not the proven guys. It's not the guys who have like hit yeah. the road bump after years. So but here's the fourth worst K rate of any starter, and he is currently in line in terms of his K rate and his walk rate. This is the guys he matches up with: Kyle Gibson, Martin Perez, pa- uh, Patrick Corbin, Kyle Freeland, Ryan Nelson, Anthony DeScalfini. Uh, 53 year old Zach Renke, Trevor Williams, like that is, and all of these guys outside of Ryan Nelson have uh, walk rates in the twos and strikeout rates under seven. Like this is a bad group. He is, he is Kyle Gibson and Martin Perez right now in terms of what you're getting from him. No one's trading much for that. And he's expensive and he costs $10 million. I don't think Gibson or Perez, I mean, that is definitely part of it. You know, I maybe because pitching is always expensive, but like, and you're going to have to pay him more than $10 million next year because uh, arbitration never goes down. Gibson is getting $10 million, by the way, in his one-year contract. But he is going to be, you know, he's got the hardware that the Beaver is going to probably cost you at least twelve, even with. And this isn't going to be something where it's necessarily a down year because his ERA, even though all of his expected stats aren't good, like, and he's not missing bats, his as of now, his ERA is is solid. He's he's racking up innings. He's doing other things. There are reasons for concern, but a lot of times that arbitration stuff is not based off of advanced stats. So we'll see if it bounces. I don't think it's allowed to be. I think there yeah. was a you can't use Statcast data in your arguments. That was like a rule, I think. Probably and in the CBA or something. But yeah, he's. I mean, he is. You know, he's a he's at what? How many games start? He has started thirteen starts last year. He started thirty one, so he's almost halfway there. And he's on pace for 2.2 war. Maybe he gets up to like 2.5. That'd be less war than he got in 2020 and in 16 starts. Like he is, it's, he's just not the same guy. And the name value you look at, the fact is he's not going to be cheap in that final year of arbitration. You look at how much he costs now and you look at that. He has been declining every single year for three years. Uh, I, I, you're not getting much. You're not getting, you know, people have come at me with like, Teams treating, you know, that Luis Castilla three of your top 10 prospects. That's not how this is going to work. At best, it's Trevor Bauer, which I still don't think that's going to happen because I think people forget that Bauer deal. You know, Framo Reyes was a proven big league bat at that point in time. Yasiel Puig was a solid rental. Logan Allen was a top 100 prospect. Uh, Victor Novo was an interesting uh, uh, lotto pick. They, they got, I, I don't think you get net quite that much right now. This is, he's going to, with every start that is like his last one, and even though he's effective, striking out less than four every single time that happens, that's just bringing that value down to the point because that because the, the nice thing and the thing in trades is in free agency, teams have gotten a little smart about this. Unless you're handing out one of those 14 year contracts to superstars like Manny Machado and Commando Tatis and all that stuff, that's a whole different category here. But they're not the, the teams trading for Shane Beaver are not trading for him for what he did in 2022 or 2019. Mm-hmm. They are trading for him what they think he can do the rest of the year. The only team, like I, even now, now I wonder too, I was going to say, could they get the Clevenger deal for, for, for no. Shane Bieber? I don't think so either because no. the, the Padres 
overpaid in that deal, if you ask me. They were desperate. They, I mean, were they had desperate, a GM right. on the hot seat, and right. at the same time, Josh Naylor was a was a damaged prospect. Austin Hedges had very little value. Like they took a lot of guys. Joey Cantillo was not Joey Cantillo of now. Cal Quantrell was looking like he was going to go down to AAA. They took a and if you can go back in history, like the Cliff Lee deal. Uh, Carlos Carrasco value was down. Josh Donald value down. Every they love these guys who are down value prospects, like getting a, a barrel of those. And we've talked about in the draft. They love those guys who had a better sophomore year than junior year. They it's, love it's guys. They feel like they low. Develop for yeah. They bought, yeah, they bought low on Cantillo or they and, before yeah. they, before he broke out. I mean, essentially Owen Miller was the only guy who might've been peaking. Maybe, maybe Gabby Arias was hard. I mean, maybe, maybe the Padres really didn't overpay. They gave, they didn't get, I mean, let's be honest. Owen Miller is not here anymore. I know he's sitting better in Milwaukee. I don't know how much. Yeah, I, and Cal Quantrell is a solid, like three, four, like four, but at the same time, four, five. But I mean, he's pitched better in Clevenger. Like just there, it's a win. For he's Cleveland. been more durable than Clevenger, which isn't saying a whole lot. Uh, I mean, but... but he's still been better. I mean, Clevenger's been in there; he hasn't been good. Like his his durability, and he just his arm fell off. But like, I don't. Is anybody like that's the thing too? Is is none, none of these teams are going to be? I mean, your desperate team is Miami, and Miami doesn't need pitching. Like that's the GM who's sitting on the hot seat. Um, and they're not. And are they even in the race right now? That division. They were so second I mean, in the. Yeah, they're second in the comp division. They're. Oh, yeah, the they have a five fifty six winning percentage. I mean, Miami's in it, but that's Miami's looking to, to add a bat, not a, not an arm. I mean, Alcantara has, has had his struggles, but Lazardo, who I wanted to trade for this offseason, he's been good. Uh, Cabrera has been good. Uh, Perez has been fantastic in his call ups. Braxton Garrett's been point. solid. You know, they they're still waiting on. And some other guys, but yeah, I mean, they've been they've been fantastic. They don't need pitching; they need starting pitching. Bullpen, we can talk about that later. But yeah, I don't. I think we're getting more and more to the point where there's a good chance that Shane Bieber is not traded. That he could be the guy that you ride it out and you ride it out. And this team does, you know, they don't. They set a value and they don't come off of it. And that came up in the Rosenthal piece. That's why Plesac eventually got DFA'd. That's why, you know, I, I can go back to Kelly Shopik when we all knew that year was an aberration and you're like, hey, let's trade him at peak. Just take what you can get because it's probably going to be bad the next year. They don't do that deal. They never, they'll always roll the dice that a guy is going to recover than sell low or not, you know, to take a lesser. So I, I don't know. They, they will probably not come off their asking price. And I think more and more Shane Bieber is going to be here through the end of this year. I think it's at least 50-50 now. And I would not have said that before. Yeah, performance has factored into it more than anything. Like, yeah. if they get an off, like, regardless of their standings at this point, wherever they are on, on you know, August 1st or whatever it is, or July 31st, whatever, I don't think their standings are going to impact what they do. And now, now, if they go on a surge the rest of this month in July and they're like in first place for like five games, yeah, it's off the table. He won't be, he won't be traded if, if they're like ahead a couple games or whatever. If they are, they continue to sit where they are. The standings won't matter. They're in the race, but they're not going to sit here and hang on to Bieber if they get the offer they like, which, you know, like you said, 50-50 at best. And then you go into the offseason. It, it really depends on how he pitches the rest of the year, what they do in the offseason if they don't train him during the season because they're not going to sell lower. They're not going to sell low on him over the winter either if they can avoid it. Yeah. But uh, And his value is just going to. So we're going to have to go lower. back and we're going to have to go back and erase all those episodes where we said Shane Bieber will be traded by January, 2024. So I mean, we'll have to see, um, you know, two quick notes as we near the end of this one, Justin Campbell recently posted on his Instagram, a picture of himself, I believe at the Cleveland clinic with his arm all bandaged up. It is safe to say he had surgery. Um, the, the specifics of it. I'm not going to, 
be the person to guess at that or take anything that's an official, but he is done for the year. And then uh, Dylan DeLuca was announced. He is also done for the year, right? Yeah. Uh, on the transactions uh, list on the MILB website, he was placed on the full season injured list. So, yeah. so uh, you can safe to assume that he won't, both those guys likely will not pitch in 2022 or 22 of their earlier, I think two of their, top five round picks uh college guys with some arm issues uh deluca got really overworked in last year's college postseason uh, he was great in there and uh that's that's the danger of that but uh i want to thank you all for listening rating and reviewing doing your part downloading it helps make sure you subscribe and follow on itunes i guess that's a new thing thank you for all you do and go go guardians go